is the center of your life. It is everything you hear. Everything you see. Everything you feel. It is everything you are. How would you know if someone stole your mind? Quaid. Cut. Get ready for a surprise. We can't let him run around. He knows too much. He erased your identity and implanted a new one. If I'm not me, who the hell am I? You wouldn't hurt me. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. Hi, everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. <laughs> I'm Devin. <laughs> and today we're talking... <laughs> I told you I had to get ready for that. <laughs> uh, t- today we're talking about the 1990 uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger film Total Recall, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Uh, this is a film that I had never seen. Devin, had you seen this? Never. All right. Oh, this is excellent. So this is a film that Ryan made both of us <laughs> see for the first time. So, Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and toss it to you. Take it away. <laughs> okay. So usually I recently I've been better prepared for stuff like this. But as everybody knows, everything's been chaotic. So I haven't been able to, you know, be as prepared as I would like to be. But uh, Total Recall was based off a book. Um, and the movie came out, like Alan said, in 1990. Uh, it's usually like taken as one of his more like generic action films um except it has that sci-fi twist to it so it's not just like commando or like last action hero um it's it's more of like a sci-fi film um but the book that it's based off of uh is called uh we can remember it uh we can remember it for you wholesale um, pretty much the same premise. There's, you know, there's some really big differences in it, but overall, it's still the same idea. Um, there was a remake that came out in, in 2012, which I'm sure we'll talk about, which I'm actually a fan of. Um, but more about Arnold's film. Um, my first experience with it was probably like 93, 94, before the age of 10. Um and it was fun. It was your typical Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I think I saw this on normal cable. So a lot of the stuff was edited out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it it's just been one of my staple action films. So I've grown up with this. It can be really cheesy. It can be really bad at some point. So I'm very interested to, to hear what you guys have to say. How was your guys' initial experiences uh, watching this and what did you know beforehand about this movie if anything okay. I, i'm gonna start uh, okay because i have seen parts of this before on tbs which is not a good way to watch this movie no it's not, <laughs> it's uh, not. <laughs> i feel like i say that a lot about the movies ryan makes us watch it's like oh yeah i watched it on tbs this it was probably like a dinner and a movie at one point um i had actually read the short story in college oh wow that this is based off of um by philip Philip K. Dick. Um, but it was a while ago, so I don't really remember, remember much, but I remember enjoying it. Um, I, th- it's a lot cheesier than I expected it to be. <laughs> um, 
especially compared to something like RoboCop, which was Paul Verhoeven's movie before this. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really have like the satire going for it. Like the, like his other films that we've talked about, uh, last year was the year of Kevin Smith. This year seems to be the year of Paul Verhoeven, uh, between <laughs> Starship Troopers and RoboCop. And, and then this, um, this seemed pretty much more straightforward sci-fi. There wasn't, I didn't really see like a underlying message or theme to this one, like satire wise. Um, I enjoyed it. I fell asleep Good. at one point, but it wasn't long. I, I didn't miss much. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I fell asleep after I fell asleep after he arrives on Mars and then he's like with the mutants. I was mm. like, I've seen X-Men. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the two so I missed, weeks like, maybe bit? Five minutes. Mm, I don't know. Where he's in the woman's head and like it starts to malfunction. So like she's oh, yeah, repeating yeah. two weeks over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Okay, I thought good. you meant like two, like two weeks. No, like, in the no. story. It's like, no, no, I saw that. That's about right after I felt like, right before I fell asleep. This movie for me is nothing but one liners. <laughs> I will say I was very impressed that the first lines of the movie are. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be a good time. Okay, Devin. Uh, so for me, I love the premise of this movie. I it it had me like hook, line, and sinker. The whole like we'll we'll implant a vacation memory for you. I think that's such an interesting, unique idea. Um, and like it had me thinking after I watched. So I watch this movie in like in chunks, basically, where I like watch like an hour, and then I watch like a half an hour, and then watch like the last half hour. So I did it kind of like piecemeal, and like. After the first hour, I just thought about the premise like almost all day. Like, would I really pay to like remember a vacation? Like, what would that mean to me? Like, and what does that mean? I think that's so cool. Um, I also think that it let me think more about the movie more than the movie wants you to think about it. Because <laughs> um, I was taking a lot of stuff really seriously for a really long time. And I was like, okay, the movie just doesn't care about this as much as I do. Got it. <laughs> um, my, I, I like it. I think it's a fun movie. It did not go where I thought it was going to go in almost every regard. Good. Uh, and this <laughs> is Arnold Schwarzenegger at his most Arnold Schwarzenegger. I have, he was in, oh man, like, I, I like that some movies want their heroes to look as beautiful as possible at all times. And in this one, in the first two seconds, they're like, all right, here's his eyes bugging out and his tongue getting weird. Here you go. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm on board. You sold me. Yeah. And that's one of the things I like about this movie is that even though it is sci-fi, it's the sci-fi that doesn't believe in science. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's like, whatever. Yeah. Here's an alien for you. <laughs> so one of the things that sticks with me about this film and always have is uh, Quano or the the like leader, the leader mutant guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, him. And the one quote that the one quote that that comes from this movie the most, I think anyway, um, that I've seen um and granted, I tend to find myself around other people that have seen this movie. So one of the most quoted parts of this film is Quaid, turn on the reactor, Quaid. And with the <laughs> way that it's said, it's one of those things where it's kind of like the last words like that somebody says that's like really important. 
turn on the reactor, Quaid. The <laughs> reactor. So, um, and it, was there See, any? That's not the line. That's not the line I knew from this movie. What, well, well, like I said, I tend to find myself surrounded by the people who have seen it. So, being somebody yeah. who hasn't seen the whole thing, what what's the line that you knew this movie from before you saw it? Don't bullshit me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. And like yeah. the Schwarzenegger is Darth Vader stuff like that. Gotcha. Like that's one that they pull a lot for something is don't bullshit me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that, okay. So honestly that makes sense because being that neither of you guys had seen this before. Um, if you hadn't seen this before, I can definitely see people pulling Schwarzenegger quotes and not other characters quotes. Right. From the movie to know. So yeah, that's fine. Um, so before we get into the storyline, I like I said before, I want to talk about like the weird science stuff in it. One, um, I don't think your eyeballs are going to pop out of your head being in the, the Mars atmosphere. And uh, two, the mutations and mutants and how the three of us are fans of, you know, the X-Men and how that relates. If we <laughs> want to talk about that. So... <laughs> I just love that, like, all of the mutations made made them psychic for some reason. I love that they all were basically the same gash down the middle of the face, except for the lady with three boobs. And, oh boy, did you need to know that she had those three boobs. It was like, she, I, I like, I wanted to have a stopwatch to how much screen time she got before opening her shirt every scene she was in. Because it and has to. Multiply it by three. Yeah. Because <laughs> right? it has to be, like, like, a total of three seconds. Like, hold on, this person, boobs. And then, like, in the I, next scene, are you sure? It's like, stop it. <laughs> That's one of the, the things this movie's known for, though, is that yeah. alien with the three boobs. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, I knew about that going into it. I remember when they were doing the reboot, they were like, is it going to have the alien with the three, three boobs? Well, the internet's a weird... Mutant. The internet in 2011 was a weird place, and I miss it. <laughs> yeah, no, True. it was... It was she, she wasn't an alien, she was a mutant. But right. anyway... But anyway, but anyway, was um, she born on Mars? Because I'm going to count that as a. That's true. That counts. She's a Martian. Then, then what? She's a human Martian. I'll take yeah. human Martian. She's a Martian. She, she's an H Mar. She's an H Mar. Anyway, that's um, what they call them. So if if I'm right, uh, that actress was actually in the reboot that came out in 2012, and she plays pretty much the same character again. And they show oh. them again, but for like two seconds. And like, that's it. Like the main character is walking down like a shady, like walkway on, uh-huh. uh, on earth. Cause they don't go to Mars. It's earth. Um, oh. and, uh, she walks up to him and says something like, Hey, do you want a good time or something like that? And, and she opens up her shirt and it's the, it's the three boobs. <laughs> oh, jeez, <laughs> That's it's like, it's like two seconds. Like it's just enough to satisfy the fans. Like, and that's it. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm not mad about that at all. Honestly, I think that's, she, I, I, she needs a place. She's canon. <laughs> so, okay. So there's that. Um, so the whole fake science thing, what did you guys think about? Like that whole thing with like the mutations when- coming from lack of oxygen and, like the whole, like, you know, you go outside the glass dome, you explode. Like if you're in space with no atmosphere, like did that take you out of it at all? Before we get into that, why are you calling it fake science instead of science fiction? (laughs) (laughs) Because to me, science fiction has some true science in it. Like to me, true science fiction 
and not and not just a subgenre, takes real science, bends it just a little bit to make futuristic technology work. To me, that doesn't include being blasted out in in to the Mars atmosphere and having your eyeballs pop out of your head. To me, that's going out into the Mars atmosphere and, you know, like acting like somebody's choking you to death. I would be honest. It's real obvious you're a Star Trek fan because you define like you describe Star Trek. That's like what your definition of science fiction is, is just Star Trek. It's a lithium battery, but can power a spaceship. It's, you know, cell phone technology, but can work interplanetary. It's it's, you know, future 1.5 to 2.0 of what we have now, not science and physics work different now. (laughs) But I mean, at the same time, though, if you name anything else. That's not kind of lined up like the whole Star Trek version of science fiction. Yeah. It usually ends up in some weird subgenre. Like you're right. You know, like you know, like laser punk or steampunk or coal punk or one of those other weird punk science fiction labels. So I mean, that's why. I mean, to me, it doesn't ruin anything. I just find it fun. It's part of the allure of the movie of like just the gory aspect to like the film because there's a lot of blood in this. A lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's my thing is if you, your premise for the whole movie is we're going to shove a memory somewhere in your head with a machine. I'm like, OK, like I'm, yeah. I'm good for whatever the movie has to throw at me now. Yeah. Like all bets are off at this point. It's almost like time traveling turtles. Right. At that point, like, whatever. Like, do whatever you want, movie. Let me have a good time now. I can't wait till we do our triple feature on horrible sequels and just talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Uh, I want to see it. I've never seen it. Uh, I'll send you the link to the CinemaSins video on it. You're you're better off just watching that. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, um, all right, so what was your question again? <laughs> so it would it would have been... Um, this is it's about the fake science. It's about yeah, was the fake it, science yeah. and uh, was it distracting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, did, 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 did it take you out of it? Like, was there a point where it was like, yeah, this movie's silly, but that's just too silly? I, I mean, it's science fiction, so I take it as that. Okay. Um, like, if we're gonna set up this world where Mars is way more red than it's ever going to be, <laughs> uh then uh, like we're in we're inceptioning vacations into people left and right for profit. I mean, I'm going to, I'll buy pretty much anything. Like it wasn't distracting the whole, uh, the, the weird part, weirdest part for me was the whole, so the core of Mars is ice and then we melt the ice and make oxygen. That was the weirdest part for me, but even then I was like, it's a Schwarzenegger movie from the 90s. <laughs> but you can I'm tell, okay like, a writer was like, did you know that in Antarctica they can drill down and get the oxygen from the ice and see what the air was like? And they're like, it's a script. Or like, <laughs> that's how we end our movie. Like, it was like, that was like the aha moment for a writer somewhere. Yeah. Um, I did have a point to bring up about this, though, because, uh, Ryan, you said, does this make this movie feel silly to you? Yeah. And this movie felt incredibly silly to me, even Good. though I love the premise. Yeah. And I realized it's a me problem why the movie felt silly <laughs> because I took a look at all of the movies that I've seen Arnold Schwarzenegger act in. Yeah. And it's, I've seen the first Terminator, right? I'm going to run you through them quick. I've seen the first Terminator. I've seen kindergarten cop. I've seen twins. I've seen jingle all the way. 
and I've seen Batman and Robin. I know Arnold Schwarzenegger as a comedian first. I don't know him as an action hero. So every time he's doing actiony things, I'm like, oh, it's like when he was running to get Turbo Man. Or when he like tackles a person, like, oh, it's like that kid in Kindergarten Cop. So I mean, you're okay. watching the movies I, that are making fun of his career. Like the reason why he yeah, does without the watching why his he career did those movies. It's like thinking Tom Hanks was always the like, you know, doting uncle. <laughs> like, Guys, I have a problem. I realize this. Well, no, well, think about it. Like, Ryan's a few years older than us. Yeah. So it makes sense that Ryan knows the more action heavy blood and guts action films of Schwarzenegger, whereas you and I, the the, the young nerds that we are, know Batman and Robin and <laughs> not sending me to the cooler. <laughs> but like like I'm just looking at the films that he made in the nineties, starting with uh Total Recall. After that, it's Kindergarten Cop, Terminator Two. Uh, I guess he has a cameo in Dave, which I completely forgot about. Oh, last action hero, true lies in junior. And that's only up to 1994. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of silly stuff. I mean, so, I mean, you guys came of age to watch these movies when he was doing comedies as, as he got older, kind Mm -hmm. of poking fun at himself. Like he was definitely one of those guys. So, but it, he was still in his peak, though, because he's not old in this movie. No, no, no. I'm, what I mean is older compared to when he was like in his 20s and early, mm-hmm. like early, early 30s to where he could do all those like crazy stunt movies because he would do a lot of his own stunts. Oh, wow. I mean, do you think they could really find somebody? Well, I mean, they probably could find somebody around his size in Hollywood to be a stunt double. But still, I mean... So, like, so I'm looking at his films right now. And Mm -hmm. so what do I know him from? The first Terminator, Commando, Predator, um, uh, Total Recall, Terminator 2, Terminator 3. Like, I have all of his action, last action hero. Like, I've never, like, I've seen Twins. Um, I've seen Kindergarten Cop. Like, I'm not a big fan of that type of stuff because to me, like... It's not a tumor. <laughs> I like him as the action hero. See, that's the thing is, I was thinking, and like, I think he has great comedic chops oh, for he somebody does. who's an action guy. Ha- have either of you seen Last Action Hero? No. I I just said Last Action Hero. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I feel, Devin, I feel like... Y- I feel like that's the movie that's going to bring you two together on Schwarzenegger because it's, <laughs> it's him doing action and it's written by Shane Black. Yes. Oh. Yes. 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 So oh, interesting. So yeah. Um, the th- Ryan's new favorite director. I, I know. I know. I messaged you guys about it and it's just yeah. it's one of those things that like it just the stars aligned. He was in the right spots at the right time and it goes into one of my fandoms and he's my favorite director now. But still. That's awesome. Like that movie is done to where like you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger and a kid and I'm not going to go into it really, but Arnold Schwarzenegger plays it straight in a, in a ridiculous situation. So he's kind of like the Tommy Lee Jones from, from like men in black a little bit, yeah. but in a more crazy situation, but it works. But that's what he's so good at. I mean, that's what made kindergarten cop work. I mean, he's this he's this incredibly like, you know, serious man doing what he thinks is a serious job in a kindergarten. Like he, he doesn't world- get it. Right. 
Like he yeah. is the, I, I think he's the best like grounded character in a weird world that we can ask for. And it's, I really think it has to do with his upbringing and just the way that he, you know, came into Hollywood. I mean, for crying out loud, one of his first big roles was playing what he man or the barbarian. And they voiced over him because That's at right. that point, Hercules. His, it was Hercules that they voiced over himself with. Because yeah, his first role was in 1970, Hercules in New York. Because wow. I know in Pre- one of them, uh, they did a voiceover on him. Because his I feel English like that wasn't was good enough. That's the one I'm talking. I feel like about. it was Hercules. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I heard that story. I've never seen the movie, but I feel like that would be so distracting now that he's so iconic. Like it's just like hearing an American voice from him would just it wouldn't fit right for me. It's such a generic voice. I've seen like right. half of it, and it just oh. cause it was on TV. One, it was on like Sci Fi Network at like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. When, 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 when I was in high school and it was so weird. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. like that. Yeah. It, it is. The film we're talking about is Hercules in New York and you can't, you can see it with Schwarzenegger's voice on the DVD. Oh, that's so, cool. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Damn you Zeus. Why'd you do this to me? <laughs> yeah. Why am I stuck on earth? Yeah. Okay. That's what I want. Okay. So the premise, you are the hero. <laughs> So the premise of the movie, to actually get into that, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is, uh, at the start of the film, obsessed with Mars for some reason. And his wife finds it weird. Um, she, she tries to distract him. He goes to work. Um, he hears about this company that can implant vacation memories in, instead of actually going there. So he asks a guy about it at work. But everybody he asks gives him a side glance mm-hmm. and kind of like they're worried about him. So he goes, something goes wrong. They throw him out the back door. They throw him in a cabin in, in a Johnny cab, which I so want one of those so bad. I love those. <laughs> um, and his buddies from work come and try to kill him. And then he runs home and then his wife tries to kill him. And then people come in at, at this point with you guys watching it. What did you think? Like that whole beginning setup, like, did you think that they actually did un, uh, uncap a memory or or were you thinking at that point that 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 was he was living his vacation that he signed up for? It's a good question. So they played his um, his break from like the, the center so straight and you got other like characters perspectives on a situation and because they like would show scenes of other characters doing other things, I was like, okay, maybe this isn't like, maybe that something actually did go wrong. Yeah. But then like things that they talked about before they plugged him in started to happen. And I'm like, yeah, but that's what they said was going to happen. And that's what they said was going to happen. But they kept like in his memory. And this is something I want to, in a tangent in his memory, did he have memories that he wasn't present for? Like all of the filler of like, was it Michael Ironsides in the car, like calling his boss or like kissing the screen with his, like with Sharon Stone. Like did they <laughs> fill those in for like context in his memory or like, is that just like to help us the audience? So are you looking at it as this whole thing is just memories then? I I honestly thought that was the only way to look at it. That's I, not how I look at it. No shit. Talk to me. Hold on. This whole thing. 
I want to so, hear. I'm so happy that I'm not the one that's going to be in this, you know, that I'm <laughs> the one looking in on this conversation and not being You're the one who it. has the answers. No, so I look <laughs> at it for the exact reasons you just pointed out, is you see all of these other stories that don't involve him, all of these scenes that have Michael Ironside, or as I like to call him, Free Willy <laughs> Michael Ironside. Um <laughs> Yeah, because of that, like, it's very, it it tries to make you think, at least to me, it tries mm. to make you think that it's all a dream. And, it, like, when the doctor comes in with his wife on Mars, like, that's them trying to trick you into thinking, oh, yeah, this is all, this is all a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at it as the film trying to trick you, even at the end when it fades to white, I just look at that as another like haha maybe we got yeah maybe, maybe like a top like, moment the, the only thing that's ambiguous to me is that ending and i think it's meant to be i think the rest of the film is pretty straightforward um man it's so weird i have the exact opposite i'm like man this film couldn't be more worse with this twist because my from my perspective every single thing that they said was going to happen to him in the in the center and then when the doctor shows up is exactly what happens to him almost in that exact same order down to where the one guy goes, huh, blue skies on Mars. Didn't think of that one before. And then blue skies shows up on Mars at the end. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, that's, it's all planned. The, got it. The other thing that got me um, was the current events happening on Mars at the beginning of the film before he's in a dream. Like, the fact that it ties in so closely to those, so directly with that dictator on Mars I don't think that their dream sequence is going to be like that up to date. I mean, that's a good point, but I had to justify that to myself to make my theory work. And the more we're, we're talking, the more I feel like holes are getting poked, but I'm going to try to poke back. So (laughs) the way that a dream works, if you're not spiritual about them is that it is a random assignment of misfirings from your synapses brought in or in containing random things that your body's currently feeling. So that's kind of why like dreams end up the way they do. And the stories are nonsensical. It's just neuron firing, neuron firing. And because we're humans, we like to mash them all together in a story. I took that as he's in a dream. Like they kind of enter him in this fugue state in order for him to remember this vacation. He's bringing in whatever he knows about Mars. And that's just the thing he knows about Mars. So like they could have just put like generic terrorist organization. But his mind's like, no, 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 I got one. And like filled that in that blank in. Okay. But it doesn't solve my problem of like the cutaways that he's not in. Okay. Yeah. I have one more question for you, Devin. Yes. I'm curious about your, so the whole thing is he gets the two week vacation. Yes. Do you think everything in this film happens over two weeks? No, I think it's, I think it's like that. Yeah. I think it's like a dream where like almost everything that you dream ends up in, in REM sleep, which is only 20 minutes, but you wake up and you're like, I dreamed all night. And like, no, you didn't like you dreamt for that much of it. So I think it they compounded it. I think you might have been in the chair for like twenty minutes, maybe thirty minutes, but it was all it was all in there. No, no, no. I mean the events of his dream mm. in this film. Yeah. Do you think that is the events of two weeks? Yes. I think I I think I do. I I think they do a really bad job of demarcating time, but I think it was two weeks. Okay. All right, so let's go to the expert on Yeah, the Ryan. Yeah. Which one of us is right? So Devin thinks it's still that it's all a dream. Yeah. 
Yes. Or it's and his vacation. It's his vacation. And Alan, you believe that they actually did uncap the memories that he had in the past and yes. the whole thing becomes real and happens within a couple of days instead of two weeks. Yes. What if I were to tell you that after watching this many, many times that both of you are half right? How? Tell me. Okay, so there is an idea that mm-hmm. halfway through the movie, um, he gets knocked out. At one of the points that he, you know, that he's fighting or whatever, he gets knocked out. That he had true, that he did work on Mars, but having mm-hmm. the procedure screwed him up and it put him into a coma halfway through the movie. So what you see throughout the last half is what the memory input was supposed to be. So his people watching him at work and his wife at mm-hmm. home were actually watching him. And he was there uh, on Earth because he was he was a danger to, 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 to Cohagen on Mars. And so about halfway through the film, um, after he goes to Total Recall, he gets to Mars um, and he has an uh, and they find him. He gets taken and he goes into a coma because one because was it, one can say at the halfway point of this, it's exactly what they it's exactly what he wanted. Yeah, I mean, that's, after he that's gets a good to point. Mars, half uh, after he gets to Mars halfway in, it's uh, it's basically what Total Recall put in his head, because even though this movie takes over the span of what, like two, three days or maybe mm-hmm. even 48 hours. Um, yeah, he gets the girl and saves the day. He still has, what, eight days to actually vacation? Yeah, that's where you can enjoy it then. And I don't really care to see that. I mean, all the action <laughs> part's done with. That's how I always saw it. And to be perfectly honest, I... I, this is part of the stuff that I was meaning to look up that I just didn't really get the chance, but that's my personal oh, yeah. feel on it. Um, and while you guys were talking, I was trying to find some stuff on it. And all I could find was that some fan, uh, uh, some fan theory about it being a loop that like the movie ends right before it begins. And it's just a constant time loop. Oh, that's so weird. I can see that though. I can see that. I don't so, know. I, so there's that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I f- I, f- hmm? We're going to the source. I got an article where uh, Paul Verhoeven explains the ending of Total Recall. Yes. Can I say one thing? Um, sure. Okay. Before I had that idea in my head, which is kind of like within the past couple of years, I always assumed that it was the implant because okay. of one line. The one assistant in the lab, mm-hmm. before they put him under, he makes mm-hmm. the comment of, blue skies on Mars? What are they going to think of next? Mm-hmm. And it's a complete throwaway line. And then right in the corner on the TV screen is the reactor, is the oxygen oh. reactor on the TV screen. I didn't see that part. And because he says something about, you know, like, oh, yeah, no, they're doing alien artifacts now. And that's right before they put them under. So I always assumed that the whole thing was actually it until I came up with this idea about, you know, I came one online, found the whole theory about it being half and half. And it's all fan stuff, but it's whatever. It's it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. 
<laughs> All right, so be be prepared to be either very disappointed or very satisfied. I can't wait. Um, so this is from this is a quote from Paul Verhoeven when they screened the film at the Toronto International Film Festival. Total Recall doesn't say whether it's reality or it's a dream. You know, it's re- it's really saying there's reality and then there's that reality. Both exist at the same time uh, because you look at total recall there was never a preference let's say taken by me or the scriptwriter, to say this is reality what he dreams about and this is the truth i wanted to, i wanted it to be that way because it felt i felt that it was if you want this is such a weird way to <laughs> if you want it to use a very big word postmodern. i felt that basically i should not say this is true this is not true um, we worked with Gary Goldman pretty much there. They, they, it's, a going to jump here. So yeah, it's both true. So that, so I thought two realities that is, this is such a weirdly pieced together article that is that it was innovated in movie language, at least to a certain degree that there would be two realities and there's no choice. So pretty much, you can take it what you open want. Open to interpretation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can take what Interesting. you want. Interesting. So I can say I'm right and you both are wrong. <laughs> and we could and we could say the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> and we're all right. Okay. Yes. Not so, mad about that. So when, so he finally gets to Mars, and mm-hmm. he meets the mutants, and he meets the guy that has five kids to feed, and um, was. When he got to Mars, was was there a side character that you guys liked, like a mutant, a character that like you saw for like a little bit you wanted more of, or you know you saw enough because they did something really cool with them, you know that type of thing. Like, was there? Was I wish, I wish from the point he gets on to Mars to the end of the film was just him in the two weeks lady costume. Yeah, yeah. I just see a whole movie of it's it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but it's just this woman, older woman. Doing all the Schwarzenegger stuff. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad about that at all, honestly. Okay. I'm trying to think of how much they gave Michael Ironside in this. Who is Michael Ironside? Tony, I think his name he, is. Yeah, he's the uh, secret agent hunting him down. Okay. He seemed interesting. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of like... I, like I don't know if everything. I do too. I don't know if I loved... I hate that guy. You hate Michael... He tried to kill... He he tried to kill Free Willy. Whatever. Oh, is that him? He's a good yes. villain. <laughs> That's He's a awesome. good villain. No, no, I I get that, but fuck that guy because <laughs> I do you know how much I love Free Willy as a kid? He tried to kill him. Every time I watch that movie, like, no. so I, that's why so, that's why I like always hate him and everything. I'm just now realizing this. When I was a kid, he showed up on Smallville, and oh. I'm like, the hell with this guy. <laughs> when I was a kid. When Free Willy came out, I think I was, what year did Free Willy come out? Like mid 90s, oh, right? Yeah. Like 93, 94. July 16th, 1993. I've already got that tab. 1993. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So came out in 93. I was seven. So I was at the right age for that. Yeah. Yeah. You I were like target it, audience. Yeah. I saw it once. Th- mm-hmm. th- thought it was the coolest thing on the planet. And then I saw it again, and I think I turned it off halfway through. 
No, that's a shame. And, I, I've Devin, seen have it you ever since. seen Free Willy? Oh, I've seen Free Willy. I've, okay. I used to I've, love Free Willy. Yeah. I've seen it since. And, and when I was a kid, I still said I liked it. But like, I only saw it maybe like four times. Oh, I, I probably watched it like every day. Well, because I was watching this. I was watching right. t- like Predator and Total Recall and stuff like that. You were watching cool stuff. This is the coolest stuff I had to watch. <laughs> Did you- I was watching Free Willy and then watching Free Willy the animated series, which we have talked about on the show it, before. It hurts every time. Okay, so, uh, Devin, Michael Ironside yes. would be like... Yes. Okay. I so think, yeah. Was there like a side character, though? Like a... Like a like a background person. I'm trying to think because that had lines. I, I didn't, I didn't love the taxi driver, the the five kids guy. Yeah. I don't know why I, he, he never gelled for me and I know he was supposed to. Um, I didn't think I could have used more character. I think in, I can't even remember her name, the female companion that he like modeled in his mind. The, <laughs> the slutty demure brunette lady. <laughs> Her. I could have used way more backstory on her because she came out strong where she was like, you left me. And there was this like deep history between the two of them. And then she was basically like, well, this is what's happening right now. And I'm like, OK, but tell me about you. I yeah, want to like, I want to chat. She she just shows up on the elevator and kills his wife. <laughs> right. I mean, good. It needed Consider to happen. Consider that a divorce. Like, I love the love one. <laughs> I absolutely love the one-liners in this movie. Shoots there her in the head. S- Consider it a divorce. Consider There's some divorce. solid one-liners in here. I think either her or I would like to know about Sharon Stone's agency life prior to this. It would have to be like a, a prequel movie or something like that. But yeah. like, 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 I, like that. Yeah. Like that interests me. I think like I like the villains in the movie and I like what they're doing. Yeah, well, because, I mean, like, it's very simple. It's a very simple co- It's a very simple concept. One corporation yeah. controls one very needed commodity and mm-hmm. controls it to no end. And that's, like, as deep as this movie goes for anything satire. I mean, right. like, I mean, I mean, it's, like, maybe consumerism, too, because of the whole, like, oh, you can buy memories, like, that whole thing. So, yeah. I mean... It's just like Alan said, like compared to his other movies, this is not as like satire of like society as like his other stuff. I, I feel like that has to do with the source material. Oh, like yeah. It's a Philip K. Philip K. Dick story. Mm-hmm. And he's also the guy who did Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. or do Android, sh- do Electric Sheep Dream or whatever. Do Android's, do Android's dream, dream of Electric Sheep. Of Electric <laughs> Sheep. Yeah. That's it. So. Uh, so talk, real quick, just mention you brought up uh, the female lead, uh, Melina. Is that the yeah? Name? I think it's Melina. I think you're right. I I was like, she looks familiar, but I can't place it. I just figured it out. She played Anna Lucia's mom on Lost. Oh, did she? Yeah, and, and I just had like a a big break. It was like, oh yeah, Anna Lucia was a character on Lost. For like <laughs> I want to rewatch that show. It's it's on. Got, it's available. I'm going to rewatch it. I, I've got the first three seasons on DVD that are just sitting on my shelf, waiting for me to put them in. That's awesome. So okay. So my my favorite background character, mm-hmm. um, and I don't and I don't remember the name, but I mean the the, the last resort is a saloon. Like it's yeah. a whorehouse. Like that's what it is. Um, the small one. 
Thumbelina is her name, by the way. Thumbelina, thank you. Oh, no. She is my favorite background character, and it has to do with the the payoff. It's because of the payoff. First off, she has one of the, one of the, like, top 25 funniest lines in the film. And that's when she's walking by, and she says, if he, as she's walking by Arnold and his, like, love, uh, his, you know, elite female role, uh, she goes, if he, if you need any help with this one, let me know. <laughs> and then at the end, bef- and then was it towards the end before she dies when, you know, the cops raid the, you know, raid the place. She's standing on top of the bar with like an Uzi, just yelling and shooting in her outfit. And it's, it's funny. I mean, it, and it's meant to be, and it's mm-hmm. just, it's great. Um, I love the whole, I've got five kids to feed guy though. Just because oh, of how like, just because of how slimy the guy is, and then oh, yeah. and then of course how he dies, because just the thing of like him being in like one of those diggers and he's trying to like kill both of them and yeah. he gets drilled instead, <laughs> because yeah. Arnold puts the ro- like Arnold takes a drill and this is such a '90s Arnold Schwarzenegger ploy. He takes a drill that's meant to drill through rock and drills through stainless steel probably. And just rips the guy's intestines out. That's <laughs> what happens when you work out that much, man. Drill physics Mr. don't Freeze. matter. Yeah. Mr. Freeze did the same thing in Batman and Robin, but they had to cut it because of the studio. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that brings me to a good question. What is the most disgusting death in this movie? Because there were some gross ones. Mm-hmm. There were some awesome ones, too. I'm going to... Okay, so I'll, I'll start because it's a lot to think of. It's... Uh, it's a being exposed to Mars's air. There's something about watching someone's face inflate like a balloon, which we <laughs> had to watch our two heroes do for like way longer than they should have, if we're being honest. And oh, it was hard to watch. And then they're fine afterwards. Just fine. Yeah, completely fine. No bruising. No, no cell damage. Like they're perfectly fine. He works out those face muscles, man. He's got this. <laughs> Yeah, totally not on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Alan? No, I th- I'm with Devin. It's the same thing. Like, just watching it. them suffer. So, Because even, the, like, just watching someone suffer for long periods of time is the most painful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got you. So, mine, I would pick that, but I have a disappointment with this movie when I, in relation to that. And, and it has nothing to do with what I was talking about before. It has to do with the fact they never show the after effect of what happens when you fully inflate. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's implied, man. I I don't know if I need to see that part. They never showed that. So I'm not entirely sure, you know, but but no. Um, but y- you two guys picked that. So I'm going to pick a different one. OK. Um, honestly, I, I think it has to be the drill. Yeah, it has to be. the. It's got to be that drill bit going into the guy's stomach. I'm sad nobody here's picked Elevator McHands. I don't know what his <laughs> real name is, but his name is Elevator McHands in my book. That's Michael because, Ironside. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Tony, that guy. Tony. Like, he gets his yeah. He gets his like hands cut off with an elevator, and then like he then falls he has to, to his death. He has to yeah. fall like, and then like think about it. He's like, well, they're gone. Like the whole way down. <laughs> he has nothing to flail about. As right. He falls. It doesn't even look cool. Yeah. Unless they pull a RoboCop it, it, and elongate them for some reason. 
<laughs> it just looked really funny. Just like, ah! <laughs> um, I'm going to cut this out, but yeah. like, I think part of the reason that whole suffering and suffocating thing, like it bothered me more is because of everything going on in the news right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a little like, bit. We're not going to, we're not going to leave this in the show, no, but yeah, but like, was... that, that, that struck a nerve. It was a little topical because it lasted way too long and you like, oh, I, I get where I get why that was awful. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, so. OK, oh, what was I going to say? You'll think I don't know. I OK, I want to bring up something, guys. Can we can we bring up the alien? Because what I alien? Was, OK, the specifically the belly alien mutant. Balian, I called him the whole Mutant. time. I I don't know if I care at this point, but I was I was promised aliens on a TV screen, and the first thing I got was was belly alien, and I went ah <laughs> like the whole time it was on screen, and I think I still do it like thinking about it. It still hurts me. Well, it's disgusting. It's, f- it's ugly. It's supposed to. The be. first thing. The first thing I thought of when I saw that was, I'm pretty sure they sell a cream for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting thing to take. This was one of the parts of the movie where I went, didn't think you'd go here, movie. All right. <laughs> I guess we're on board. What was interesting about that creature to me was just the way they shot it. Because you can tell that he's like three feet away from the guy behind him. Oh, yeah. In some of the shots. Yeah. Like, I mean, they tried. Yeah. Like, it's 1990. I, I, and I think, like, most of this movie's budget went to Schwarzenegger. So. And to the very few Mars landscape shots that they had. Right. <laughs> so they just threw a red filter over. <laughs> hey, Mars, right? It's red. You get it. They, they took a pair of 3D glasses and used the red lens over the camera. <laughs> and that was Mars. Okay. I hope that's what they did. So. When it comes to this movie, uh, do you guys think we kind of covered enough of like oh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Total Recall? Is there one thing else I want? Yeah, okay. I have one more thing. Okay. And I know I can Google this, but I want to ask the question first. And this might also have to get cut out because it's kind of gross. Um, <laughs> in when he, when he goes to Venusville and he gets out just before he gets to the um, just before he gets to the what is the lucky or the last resort? Yeah, the last resort. There's a shot in the background of another store there. That store is called Jack in the Box. Yeah. If the restaurant Jack in the Box exists, <laughs> weird choice, but okay. <laughs> if the restaurant Jack in the Box does not exist, oh no, writers, that was devastating. <laughs> Ew. But I mean, that fits though. I it's, mean, oh, so much. Like, that, that might have been my favorite piece of anything in the movie, period. Because, I mean, for where they are on Mars, I mean, was mm-hmm. it? I watched um, Altered Carbon. I watched the first season of Altered oh, Carbon yeah. uh, uh, on Netflix. And I tried watching the second season, but it's nowhere as, like, like uh, hardcore I've <laughs> as the yeah. first one. Um, and they've got what there's uh, what there's one of the places that the main character goes to called jacket oh but i mean it's because it's what it is like it's what that it's 
what that place is for. So, I mean, it, it's a funny, like, you know, like, in, immature haha name for something. Right. But, I mean, like, in that, it's like, it's like the same level as the Blink-182 album. The Take Off Your Pants and Jacket album. Like, okay. Yeah. Thanks. But I think it was just like, I didn't expect it here. So I went, oh. Oh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was. I think that's my that's my last thing on on the Schwarzenegger one. Okay, I have I have one last thing yeah. as well. Um, did you guys catch Dean Norris in this? Who's Dean Norris? Hank from Breaking Bad and Better, Better Call Saul. No, only afterwards when I was checking out the cast list did I catch Dean Norris in it. Who was he? He's this guy. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, yeah I love I it. I would have. He was a good character, though. He was a good character. I agree. He's a good actor. Like, he's one of those that gets overlooked a lot, but he's very good. Yeah. So, since we covered all of that, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the remake. Yes. And and in in relation to this, and only the main concept, only the big, like, the big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, They go to Australia instead of Mars. And instead of having like rocket ships, like taking you back and forth, there's this thing called the drop. And this is why I really like this movie because it's the concept is amazing. It's basically a giant pill that holds like 500 people, like this giant pill shaped like cylinder. And it Uh falls through a, like almost like a rifle barrel and it drops from London England, which oh. is where, which is, uh, which is where all the like rich people live and all of the like, you know, people that have like good health care and, you know, they're all wealthy and don't have to worry about anything. And it drops. And when it gets to the core, the tunnel bends around the core. And when it gets to that point, the entire interior of this pill flips upside down because oh. what was up is now down. And right. what is going to be down is now up. And then so when they pass the core, this the entire thing flips. And it falls all the way down to Australia, where people get off and people get on, and then it falls back to London. That's pretty cool. I like that idea a lot. So, and in Australia, I think it's Sydney or some city in Australia, um, where the dome because there was a there was a world war on earth and uh and chemical weapons were used so like almost all of the earth is in Havre, uh, um you can't live in it so they have these domes to protect these like cities and it's and you know it, it's not a strong dome the chemicals mm-hmm. leaked in it's called it's you know it's uh it's caused these mutations and there's this conspiracy going on between the crime lords or something's going on in Australia that's being done by the people up in London. And it's a giant, like political, like government conspiracy thing that the guy's like in. And a lot of people hated it because it wasn't the whole, like, because they did it completely differently. It's why people didn't like repo men who liked the repo opera. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, see, I've never seen either of those. Repo Men and Repo the Genetic Opera are two completely different. Well, it was something. Repo Men was based on... Repo Men was based, what I thought was on that 
opera. I thought it was based on that and people hated it because it wasn't the same thing. It it's based on the same idea. Okay. It's not based on this. It's, it's the same premise of you can buy organs and then they can be repoed if you don't pay your bills. Oh. Okay. So, so you, you know, the American healthcare system. <laughs> yeah. years. So that's pretty much what I was thinking. But anyway, so yeah. like, that's why people didn't like the new total recall because they were expecting a modern version of the Arnold Schwarzenegger going to Mars total recall. And what they got was a more like, a, a different take on it. So here's my guess is that, and I don't know this for sure, and I'm hoping somebody does, but my guess is that the original novella or novel or short story, whatever this is based on, does take place between Earth and Mars, and that the 2012 Australia thing was their attempt to ground it or to ground an absurd story so that they could make it more of a grounded action movie than a crazy sci-fi thing. Was that close? Mm-hmm. I think so, because from what I remember of the short story is it does have the Mars aspect, but you never go to Mars. It's all it's pretty much the first act of the film. Like he leaves the place and he's not sure what's Uh, going on. Okay, so he never actually ends up on Mars then. I don't I don't believe so. Um, I can't remember. Sure. Um, And looking at some of the trivia about the remake, though, I learned something interesting. Yeah. Once Ryan says his next thoughts. Hmm. Do you have anything else to say? I mean, I just, I just thought that would be a good discussion topic. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty much done ex- um, explaining. So, yeah, I, I haven't seen it. Um, I feel like you just told me everything I need to know about it. So, <laughs> well, well, I mean, uh, there's other parts to it. It's, you know, it's fun. It's about as fun yeah. as this one. It just doesn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger on it. So, I'm looking at the uh, frequently asked questions for the original Total Recall on IMDb and there's a question of will there be a sequel evidently they were working on a sequel in the late 90s what that was going to be di- yes that was going to be directed by none other than number two himself Jonathan Frakes <laughs> whoa what happened um, it pretty much fell apart in 1999 there was a television series named Total Recall 2070 which was meant to be in the same universe as Total Recall however the show had far more similarities to with Blade Runner than with the Blade Runner movie, uh, than Ver- Verhoeven's film. Uh, the pilot was released on VHS and DVD for North American market. So you could probably find that somewhere if you wanted to. Um, but what I thought was interesting, uh, Frakes kept saying up until like, in, like up in nine, up until like 1999 that, um, it was going to happen. But, he also agreed with one theory that Minority Report, 2001, directed by Steven Spielberg, was a sequel of sorts in that it was set in the same universe as Total Recall and that the three precogs for, my, uh, for Minority Report were, in fact, psychic mutants from Mars. That's cool. I, I love I that love, I love that. And I only give it – I only – I don't – give too much credit to fan theories but when jonathan frakes says you know like yeah that, that's that's not too far off i'm gonna i'm gonna take his word yes for it. absolutely but, but my my only issue was with that was that there were no johnny cabs in minority report <laughs> i mean i mean dc probably doesn't have them I mean, yeah, yeah, I'll give it to you. I think that I think they had to focus more on actual product placement, like the Gap. 
So uh, that leads me to my, my uh, final question before we wrap this up. Out of the three big uh, Philip K. Dick adaptations into film, which are Blade Runner, Total Recall, and Minority Report, which one is your guys' favorite? This is going to sound super hacky, but it's 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 uh, Blade Runner. Um, okay. I like Blade Runner because it, it just – I feel like it tries to ask bigger questions than the rest of them do. Okay. Brian? So, total Recall. Okay. Alan? And I'm – I guess I'm a minority, and we actually, I guess we all are because this is a minority report, but minority report. Really? Huh? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. I, and I, I don't, I don't know why I love it so much. Uh, it's definitely my favorite Tom Cruise movie. It's Spielberg, but it's different enough for Spielberg. It's got like this film noir aspect to it. You guys have both seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Damn it. I want to talk about it on the show. <laughs> We're doing it now. But yeah, I really like that one, and I like the idea that this is a uh, in the same universe as Total Recall. Yeah, yeah so I think it's I, cool. I mean, and the reason why I pick this one is just because like I this gets down to what I want in movies to a point. Like my main thing for movies is that I want to have fun and I want to be entertained and I want to laugh and I want to be drawn into it and I want to take something seriously and I just want to have some things to be silly. And this movie does a good balance of that. It's it's a little bit heavier on one side of things than other for some of the categories. But, you know, and Blade Runner makes sense for Devin because he loves world building and he he loves that deep stuff. So that makes sense for him. And I feel like these three films kind of like kind of label us in like our fandom for movies like. I mean, yeah, you're not I wrong. Mean, I, mean, I, <laughs> no. I mean, here, almost Almost every movie that I've had you guys watch so far, mm-hmm. Total Recall makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, in the last few months, you've made us watch three Paul Verhoeven films. So. <laughs> and I didn't mean to. You keep saying that. <laughs> but serious. You're, you're always protesting, I don't know who directors are, but then you pick three of the same director. <laughs> Here's, here's the thing. I don't know who directors are because it took me this long to figure out that I'm a big fan of Shane Black. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I know. I'm just, it's because I'm I just never giving you shit. cared to like, I mean like, Hey, are there styles I like? Yes. Are, are there directors that constantly make those styles? Yes. So are there a handful of directors that I mainly watch? Yes. Do I know who they are? Hell no. <laughs> So, so Devin, which Paul Verhoeven film do you think De- Ryan's going to make us watch next? <laughs> Basic to... Instinct or Hollow Man? Oh, Hollow oh, Man. I, I love Hollow Man. I <laughs> called love... it! <laughs> I love oh, Hollow Man. Oh, I love it. Such a good movie. <laughs> All right. Have you guys seen it? Anything else? <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Devin, you? On, on USA, not TBS, but USA. Oh, okay. Never seen it, by the way. Oh coming up all right anything else before we wrap this thing up i don't um, think so oh one question we we talked about it a little bit and it'll be it'll be short what's your favorite one-liners that you can remember like what's a line that you remember from the movie uh well like i said the first line of the movie being <laughs> that's not a line stuck with me that's uh well then don't bullshit me okay that's fine. like that it's that one <laughs> i'm trying okay i can i hate it but there was one that made me groan and I'm oh, trying, 
What's up? Okay, fine. <laughs> what is it? No, no, it was just like I asked for your favorite line, and then you're gonna give me your most hated line. It just, you know. No, no, no. It was no. This was my favorite line because okay. it made me groan. Okay. Um, and I, uh, I, you know what? I just found a list of them, and I'm changing it because my one. I know he says a one liner when he's holding the two hands, but I can't remember the one liner. But now my favorite one-liner, because I found the list and remembered it, is, baby, you make me wish I had three hands. (laughs) Friggin' swoosh. Come on, guys. (laughs) Uh. And on that note. (laughs) Brian, what was yours? It's mine, too. I'm just going to go with that. Okay. Okay. I'm sticking with mine. Don't bullshit me. Um. All right, I think that does it for Total Recall. So next week it is Devin's turn to make us watch a movie. Yeah. Devin, what do you got for us? All right, so it is another sci-fi movie, so we are leaning a little bit into one genre, but I know this movie's a little bit divisive, um, and I really want to know what you guys think of it because this has been a movie that's been in my mind since I've seen it, uh, and I want to know, A, is it as good as I remember it, knowing what I do about it now, and B, what do you guys think, uh, which is kind of the point of the podcast. Uh, it's Captive State. Uh, it is, um, oh man, it was 2018, I think, um, mm-hmm. when the movie came out. Uh, it stars uh, Ashton Sanders, John Goodman, uh, Vera F- Farmiga, I think her name Farmiga, is. Farmiga, yeah. Yeah, and Machine Gun Kelly. So, guys, it's a trip. So I want to hear what you guys think. All right, cool. So that'll be next week. All right, that's one take of this. Um, so next week we have a special surprise. I don't know when this is coming out, so we, oh, we sure, yeah. get ready for the, the other thing. Yeah. So next week we are going to have a special guest on the show. Ooh. Later this week, Josh from the podcast Victims and Villains will be joining us to talk about Birdman, a f- one of his favorite films that I believe Ryan had never seen. And it's one film that I want to revisit because I've only seen it once. Same. So tune in for a very special crossover episode of You Have to Watch This Podcast. Until then, um, make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. You can email us comments at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a review. We appreciate it. Um, And until next time for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And don't bullshit me. See you next time. It's not a tumor. Thank you for using Johnny Cab. <laughs>